What it, what it do, DMV. It is episode 46 of Chirpin' DMV. We're coming back at you with some local puck talk after two straight Caps episodes, but it is what it is because we had a lot of shit to cover with the Caps and trade deadline and all that good stuff. Happy Friday, happy championship Friday, I should say, to a lot of people out there, a couple leagues out there. It's that time of the year, baby. It's time to grit, grind, and shine, so couple leagues we got CSHL championship tonight we got MSHL MSHL championship tonight we got playoffs in college we got junior playoffs we got it all so we're gonna hear we're gonna break it down for you this kind of new format we're doing for local episodes where it's less me AB and KP and more coaches players you name it more people that you want to hear from because you hear enough of us as it is Uh, I think that style is working I think people are enjoying it and it's fun to hear from you know different Types of coaches and players in the DMV. So let's kick it off. Maryland Student Hockey League. State championship tonight. Uh, Winston Churchill going for, I believe, their six in a row, ninth overall. Uh, they're going up against Bethesda Chevy Chase. So how did these two teams get here? Well, let's start in round one. Glenelg, they get upset, upset the one seed. Thomas S. Wooten, number 16, they beat Glenelg 3-2. to two. That's the 16-verse-1 upset. But there's the Chevy Chase, 8-9, or the 8 seed versus number 9 Easton. It's a 6-3 win for the BCC squad. Number 5, Urbana beats number 12, Falston, 6-3. Number 13, Walter Johnson, they would upset Northern, number 4, 5-1. Number 3, Churchill, they roll in the first round. They beat Athleton, 10 nothing. See you later. Number 6, Saverna Park, they get upset by number 11, Frederick County, 6-4. Marriott's Ridge, they roll. They beat Huntingtown, 9-1. In Washington County, the 2 seed, they beat South River in a tight 4-3 game. So next up, quarterfinals, number 16, Thomas Wooten, they would lose to Bethesda Chevy Chase, 2-1. Number 5, Urbana, they lose to Walter Johnson, 3-2. Churchill, they beat Frederick County, 4-1. And Marriott's Ridge rolls again, 5-0 over Washington County, taking us to our semifinals Wednesday night. Bethesda Chevy Chase, they get a 4-3 win over Walter Johnson. Let's see, Bethesda Chevy Chase, they get on the board one, two, three times in the first period. Bowie Lanter, Isaac Blank, and David Valterson. Second period, Walter Johnson will respond twice. Uh, Christopher Dore and Jared Nedham. Third period, Walter Johnson again, three unanswered for him. Jared again, and then it's Bethesda Chevy Chase by David Valterson. Power play late in the game, 45 seconds left. They get the win. The other semifinal matches up probably two of the best teams in the state that everybody thought coming in. Marriott's Ridge, Winston Churchill. Uh, Churchill on the board first with Carline. Marriott's Ridge answers Jackson Choi. Scoreless second period, but the third period it goes Marriott's Ridge, Churchill, Churchill, Marriott's Ridge. A crazy, crazy couple minutes there. So Choi gets his second, then Carline gets his second. Carline gets his third, and then Marriott's Choi gets his third. So literally 3-3 game going into overtime, and two kids have hat tricks, and it's it's a brawl. So nothing in overtime. We go to a shootout. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, four rounds of the shootout. Yeah, Churchill eventually wins it in a shootout. Tough go around. Um, so that there it is, your championship. It's number eight, Bethesda Chevy Chase. Number three, Winston Churchill. They're going to be going at it tonight from the Gardens Ice House. Get there, uh, watch it, see the game. It's going to be crazy. That semifinal, the semifinals were, all, were good as always, apparently following the MSHL account. It was uh, some good crowds, a lot of stuff going on there. So it was 2020, all MSHL first team, goalie Gavin Ross, Marriott's Ridge, uh, David Kelly, Glenelg, Colby Rattle, Kent Island, Carson Maggie from Frederick County, Jack Callahan from Mount Hebron, Tyler Esterer from Quinn's Orchard, 
And then the second team, you got goalie Jackson Ryan from Jackson Short, sorry, from Easton, uh, Rockish Kana from Bethesda Chevy Chase, Daniel Tomaszewski from Wooten, Tommy Tracy from Glenelg, Zach Wagnerman from Queen Anne's, and Trevor Gutman from Richard Montgomery's. So we're going to kick it over to Gavin Ross, the Marriott's Ridge goalie, and he kind of breaks down, you know, the staying season, <clears throat> goes over that semifinal loss, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Gavin. <laughs> All right, guys, we now welcome on 2020 All-MSHL First Team goalie Gavin Ross from Marriott's Ridge, the Stang Gang, 942 save percentage of 124 GAA, and then a tough loss right there in the semifinals. We'll get into it, but first off, what's going on, man? Doing great. How are you? All good, all good. So we appreciate it. Like I said, I was checking the Instagram DMs today. You reached out last week. We just saw it, but uh, saying you like the pod, saying you like how we talk about the Ridge, the Ridge guys there. So let's talk about your season first. I mean... Great season overall. You guys finished first in the regular season there. Uh, lost a tough Serio Cup to Glenelg there in the championship. But yeah, talk about your season, uh, your senior year last year in net. Oh man, it was it was an emotional roller coaster for sure. Um, I mean, from from the start of this year, well, actually, but before that, going back to the end of last season when I decided that I wouldn't be playing be playing club hockey anymore. Part of what helped me make that decision was knowing the kind of team that we were going to have this year. I mean, it, just the pieces we had, the coaching, everything was in place for a deep run. And, you know, it everything went pretty smoothly up until the end. And even even though it had to end this way, even with the uh, Serio Cup going, going the other way too, it was it, – I, I can't put into words how great of a last season this was. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's kind of talk about that at first because I think we've been pretty vocal on Twitter as Chirp and DMV that we don't really like the playoff structure the MSHL has where it's – I mean, just because you got second in the Serial Cup championship, you automatically get the seventh seed just because Glenelg wins, they get the first seed. But, I mean, they seemingly have to play a way tougher team uh, in the first round there, even though you guys are in that 7-10 matchup. So mm-hmm. when you guys are arguably, you know, one of the top, if not the top team in the state throughout the season – so let's fast forward it there. We get to the state semifinals against Winston Churchill. Um, you know, the they've won however many in a row. They've won eight total. I think it's five or six in a row for them. But take take us through that five, game. Yeah. yeah, take us through that game and uh, up until it got to overtime. Wow. <laughs> that, it was it was quite the game in the first period. They uh they outshot us, I think it was sixteen to five, and we managed to come out of that period one one. <laughs> I was I was sitting there. Well, we did just period. read the stats and pump your tires, so that could play into it. <laughs> Thank you, but um, I mean, I was I was sitting there, you know, between periods, thinking, man, I don't know if we can pull this one out if we right. we keep playing like this. But you know, we we are a team that throughout this season, if you look at our games, we have had a strong first and second period, and then you know, third period will kind of die off, which is exactly what happened in the Glenelg game, right? I think I think I was sitting there thinking, you know, we had this slow start to the first period. I'm hoping we kind of still have that energy by the third. And I was absolutely right. We we dominated them in the second period. Third period was pretty back and forth, but then you get into overtime and I mean, <laughs> we 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 deserved to win that one. We we wanted it more, but you know, the best team doesn't always win. For sure. So What's it? Two to two or three to three at the end of the third period? There, three to three, yeah, three to three. So, and then overtime is what? Ten minutes. Ten minute five on five, but yeah, the, the third period was nuts. So ten, I mean, yeah, 
Go ahead. One one going into the third, and it was so one one. I think with eight minutes left, Jackson Choi, who had oh my god, that kid played ridiculous last night. Right, scored an absolute beauty with like eight minutes left. We go up two one. They score two goals in two minutes, go up 3-2, and then Jackson Choi again for the hat trick with like two minutes left to tie it. It was it was an eventful uh, third period, to yeah. say the least. Emotions get running high there, third period, and then, yeah, you guys are looking at it. It's overtime where it seems like, I mean, a third period's a lot of run and gun, and then you get to overtime, and it does, did the game completely transform and turn into a shutdown game where kind of everybody sits back and doesn't really want to make a mistake on like the third row's like, yo, we got to – we got to bust ass here and try to go for a goal and this, that, and the other. Did you realize that shift and uh, play from both teams? In overtime, I mean, it it didn't look like too much of defense. We were we really we we got a power play about two minutes into that into the overtime. We we were all over them. I mean, we had them. We would have them in their zone for a minute and a half, you know, straight. They'd get a clear, barely get the change off, then we'd go right back at them. It was just a matter of us not finishing our chances. We actually, uh, we we thought we won. We, on that power play, a couple seconds left on it, we'd get a shot from a low angle. Ref thought the goalie covered it. He didn't. Blake Rosenthal puts it in an empty net, but they uh, they blow it dead. So Yeah, so kind of how, how clear-cut was that to, I guess, not just you guys, but kind of everybody at the rink there that that should have been a goal? I mean, you said it was just a low shot on net. The ref's probably on a bad angle from behind the net. Thanks to goalie has it covered, and then your guy puts it in. And what did they do after that point? Did they just blow the whistle and say no? Or, I mean, how does the ref kind of handle that situation just then? What what happened was they just it was kind of a quick whistle. I mean, thought the goalie had it. You really didn't, so they blew it pretty quick. And as as they're blowing the whistle, puck squirts out to the side, and we mm. we put it in. And I mean, we heard the whistle. We knew they weren't gonna call it a goal. It should have been a goal, but right. you know, you know how it is. They blow the whistle, and you know that's that's it. So for sure. So it goes to a shootout, and then what does that go? Five rounds. And so kind of takes you uh, to that shootout. Well, I mean, what's going through your head as a goalie in a shootout in a state semifinal game with a you know, chance to go to the championship there? Well, of course, it's it's really nerve-wracking. <laughs> one, one with the circumstances, two, knowing how good they are. But I personally believe that shootouts are where I do my best and breakaways. Right. I think that's the place where I excel. And obviously, you, you take a look at the offensive power we have. You know, I'm I'm sitting there like, we we got this. It was it was unfortunate that they got they got two really pretty goals on their first two shots and we missed. And at that point, it's like, you know, this we we kind of got a score. Or we're done. And you know, unfortunately, it had done that way. But credit to them, they played well. They have they have a great team and they've they've won five state championships for a reason. Yeah, big that that is true. So now, do you agree that that game should have gone to a shootout, or do you think there should have been a continuous overtime there i mean i get it it's not the nhl we have ice constrictions we have this that and the other but right i feel like that game could have been handled differently especially knowing the circumstances there so i mean what are your thoughts on the whole thing so if if i'm the commissioner if i'm setting this up i think the so it was a 10 minute five on five for the first for overtime i think you do a 10 minute five on five you go a 10 minute four on four and if you're still somehow tied, then you go to a shootout. But I don't think it should have been, you know, 
the 10 minute five on five than straight to OT. I think you got to have at least two overtimes. Then if no one's really breaking through, then you go to a shootout. I think it's, I think one overtime is a little too early to call it. Yeah, and realistically, like we kind of mentioned earlier, how many teams are going to score in that 10-minute overtimes? Because teams are like, all right, one little mistake can come back and kill us here, so let's kind of pack it in, let's play it safe, let's play it smart, and then yeah, a lot of the times you're not going to see that game continue on. But Exactly. It is what but it is. If... What was that? But yeah, like I said, like I said, it is what it is. It's a tough call. I mean, obviously the league's got a lot to work with there. But I mean, Gavin, we like I said, we wanted to have you on. We wanted to have you talk about that uh, semifinal there. But we also wanted to talk about you and the Ridge Gang uh, the entire season. Uh, obviously, not the way you wanted to go, but nonetheless, uh, an awesome season for you personally and both as a team. So uh, thanks again for hopping on, and best of luck in your next uh, hockey adventure as a senior. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you guys later. Thanks to Gavin for hopping on. Tough loss for the Stanks on that semifinal. But let's kick it over. The other championship tonight, the Capital Scholastic Hockey League. How did we get here? Well, tonight we got T.C. Williams, number one, versus Lake Braddock, number two, head-to-head, one-versus-two matchup. So let's see, round one, number eight, Woodbridge, five over W.T. Woodson, number two. Um, Five-to-two over number nine, W.T. Woodson. Sorry about that. Eight-nine matchup there. The 5-12 matchup, West Potoma would roll 6-2 over Robinson. The 4-13 matchup, it's Forest Park. 10-0 over Centerville, Fairfax. Washington Liberty, the three-seed, they roll over South County 12-3. In the 6-11 matchup, it's West Springfield 11 over George Mason 1. And then the 7-10 matchup, it's Ireton 5 over Colgan 1. So off to the quarterfinals, T.C. Williams 10-2 over Woodbridge. West Potomac, tight one, 4-3 over Forest Park, Helton. Uh, the next game, the 3-6 matchup, Washington Liberty, 4, West Springfield, 3, and then Bishop Ireton gets blanked 3 to nothing by Lake Braddock. That leaves us with the semifinals. We'll start with the 3-2 matchup. It's Washington Liberty, it's Lake Braddock. There's no stats on here. Okay, never mind then. So Lake Braddock gets the win, 3-2. to two. The other semifinal, it's T.C. Williams versus West Potomac. Again, no stats on here that I'm seeing. So 2-1 T.C. Williams win tonight from Prince William at 7.40 p.m. It's the championship game. It's T.C. William, the undefeated Titans. Remember the Titans, baby, uh, versus Lake Braddock. So get out there, get out to Prince William, and cheer on your favorite team. All right, let's get to some all-league teams. We'll start with the CSHL. Congrats to Jason Towson. T.C. Williams, your player of the year. How are you? Let's go to the first team. Jason Towson, like we mentioned, T.C. Williams, Michael Fields, West Springfield, Charlie Wojcik, Lake Braddock, Jackson Ryan from Colgan, Owen Granger from T.C. Williams, and goalie Ethan McNiff from Woodbridge. He was sniffing pucks up uh, all year. You couldn't get none past him. Uh, second team. Aiden Judge from Hayfield, Edson Mason, Sam Crane from West Potomac, Nick Wood from Woodbridge, Matthew Clark from Washington Liberty, Ethan Boygan from Washington Liberty, and goalie Riley Birch from Lake Braddock Park View. There it is. There's your all-CSHL uh, first and second teams as well as your player of the year. Bart down. Off the bar. Bart, Bart down. Off Bart and down. Off the bar and down. What a shot. Next up, we'll kick it over to the MAPHL. Player of the Year, Quinn Kennedy, who missed all of playoffs, remind you, uh, due to some illness from St. John's. Coach of the Year, Mike Marley of Mount St. Joe's. Congrats to him. All MAPHL first-team honors are going to go to Farrell Den from Gonzaga, Dimitri Cabreu from St. John's, Will Lawrence from Landon, Patrick Chapman from St. John's, uh, Scott Creeman from Mount St. Joe's, and Berkey from Archbishop Spalding. Second team, Chaconis from Georgetown Prep, Matt Brilly from Landed, Alex Voris from O'Connell, 
Jacob Hookman-Vasa from Landon, Tyler Rose from St. John's, and goalie Jake Williams from Mount St. Joe's. So congrats to everybody there. MAPHL playoffs wrapped up last week. We crowned the champion on Friday. It was Landon they over St. John's in overtime. Uh, we're probably, potentially, as of right now, we haven't recorded it yet, but we're planning on getting Coach Erickson back on uh, to talk about that championship run. They won three straight games in overtime, all by the score of 3-2. to two. I'd love to, We're, we're going to love to get to hear from him uh, talk about that run that the Bears just went on. And, you know, we had him on last week before playoffs started, and can you call it a chirping bump? I think you can. So let's start it off. The one versus eight game, Spalding uh, versus St. John's. St. John's gets a two to one win. That's kind of expected. We talked about it in our preview. I mean, if Spalding could muck it up, uh, if Berkey could play on his head, it'd be a it'd be a close game, and Spalding would give themselves a chance. But St. John's overpowers them. Mount St. Joe's, baby, the Gales. They win. They win five to one over the Matha. They roll the Stags in their first year making the playoffs. A hell of a season by that Gales team. Shout out to them. In the other game, the 3-6 matchup, it's Landon 3-2 over O'Connell, the first overtime game. Next one, it's Georgetown Prep, it's Gonzaga. It's a three-time defending champ, Eagles falling to Georgetown Prep. They get to the second round, it's 2-1. So we get to round two, the semifinals, it's St. John's versus Mount St. Joe's. It's St. John's rolling uh, to a 4 nothing win. First period scoreless, second period, uh, Andrew Kurowski gets the cadets on the board. Then it's followed by three-goal third period by Tommy Loken, Demetri Cabreyu, and Tommy Loken again. So that gets St. John's, the number one team all season, into that championship game after getting booted in the first round last year. The other one, it's a rematch of the IAC championship game. It's two rivals. It's Landon. It's Georgetown Prep. So what do we got here scoring-wise? Let's see. Landon, goal by Ryan Giles, goal by Kyle Radomir, and goal by Matthew Brilly. Patrick Fitzgerald, he gets an assist. Alex Chaconis, he gets both goals for Georgetown Prep. Um, the very close game. Again, overtime, it could have gone either way. Boom, Landon wins it again, 3-2 to two in OT, and then we get to the championship game. Landon, St. John's. Uh, no no stats up on the site right now, but that, I think believe that was a 2-0 lead by Landon in the third period. St. John's answers. St. John's answers again with 14 seconds left. They push it to overtime. If you've seen the live barn video, we retweeted it. Uh, the place basically goes berserk. St. John's has momentum. You're thinking, what the hell's going to happen? And then it's the Landon Bears. It's Will Lawrence, like 20 seconds in. He picks up a puck in the zone and just rips it by, and Landon is back on top of the MAPHL. So if we got Coach Erickson, we'll kick it over to him now. Bart. Down. What a shot. NVSHL up next. It is the finals, baby. So Friday night tonight, Ashburn, 8 p.m. The semifinal games in the NVSHL did not disappoint anyone who attended the Ashburn Ice House Wednesday night. In the opener, it was undefeated Chantilly High School, led by last season player of the year, Owen Morgan. They defeat Stonebridge 8-5. Morgan put on a show, scoring six goals, leading his team to victory. Holy shit. Shit. <laughs> Six, all right. Six of their eight goals. So Owen Morgan put the team on your back, though. Uh, in the nightcap, goalie William Hopewell uh, in a strong defensive effort led by Riverside High School. That's a 2 1 victory over Broad Run. The final, like we mentioned, where guys were reading this off the NBSHL website because it's easier to read the news because they don't make brackets. So I can't read standings. I need brackets. I need visuals. Help me. This sets up the final for Friday night. Ashburn Ice House, 8 p.m. Riverside versus Chantilly. Either team. Uh, has ever won the MBSHL crown. So we're going to be crowning a new champion this year because uh, Langley got booted. Uh, should be a full house. One team is crowned champion for the first time. Starting at 6 p.m. is the Provisional Championship game. That features Dominion, Potomac Falls, and Tuscarora Westfield. 
So there you are, NBSHL. Three championship games tonight, guys. Bart down. Off the bar. Bart, Bart down. Cross Bart and down. Off the bar and down. What a shot. All right, next up, we're going to toss it to some junior hockey talk. Uh, it's, hot, it's playoff season here in the USPHL. Uh, we got on our boy Coach Like, RC Like from the Richmond Generals Elite and Premier Program. Uh, it's a nice long interview. You guys are going to enjoy it. He talks about the team's success. Remember his elite team, national champs last year. They won the regular season title this year. They won their conference. They're rolling. They went on a 22-game winning streak. How the hell are you? So without further ado, I'll let him do all the explaining. Let's toss it over to our man, Coach R.C. Like. Roll gins, and good luck in the playoffs. All right, we now welcome back on head coach of the Richmond Generals Premier and Elite Teams, R.C. Like. Coach, how you been? How's the season going? Uh, it's going well. It's been a been a long season. Uh, a lot of good things that we accomplished during the year with both teams. And uh, biggest part right now is making sure that everybody's healthy. We get a lot of guys back from injury, especially with the premier team. We, you know, last month or so, month and a half, we've had uh, you know upwards of six guys out with injuries, and everybody's back healthy for this weekend uh, coming up for playoffs. So that's good with the premier. And at the elite level, um, we've had a lot of guys playing up and down because of that. And everybody's back and, uh, you know, ready to, you know, rock and roll is the most important time of the season. For sure. So let's let's start with that elite team defending national champs. You guys this year, Southeast Division champs, regular season champs. I mean, just talk about the season that the elite team had as a whole. I mean, you guys rolled through the competition there. And uh, tell us kind of what worked throughout the season, uh, what the bread and butter was, and just what got you in the place you are now coming in the playoffs. Um, I think the biggest thing with them is we set out our goals at the beginning of the year. You know, goal number one was winning our division. Goal number two was winning the regular season championship. And goal number three was was repeating as national champions. And, uh, you know, we've accomplished two of those three goals. And the guys have had, you know, they've been very disciplined and focused about achieving those goals through, you know, what we do in our culture every day, but also what we do in our habits and our practice and how we train both on and off the ice and, They've done a really good job of buying in and, you know, really taking hold of that and, and you know, expecting to win and we step on the ice and, you know, making sure that they're they're putting their best effort forward. And I think, uh, you know, it's a testament to the 22-game unbeaten streak that the team had in the beginning of the season. Right. The longest win streak in the league uh, this year. Um, you know, again, that's a... That's a great accomplishment, again, to doing things, little things, habits, doing things every day that help us to be successful on and off the ice. And I think the uh, after Christmas, we came back, and I think we are a little kind of like, you know, when, when you eat a lot, right? After, yeah. after a big Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, and yeah. you kind of just don't want to move. I feel like when we came back for Christmas, we had a little bit of a lull there for, for two or three weeks. And I think it was due to the fact that they were they were in first place and they were running through everybody. and it kind of felt like, hey, we'll, we'll kind of take our foot off the gas. And I think it was good for us. I think that, to me, was a, a, a big turning point in the season because it let them know that if they don't show up and do how and, and play how they're supposed to play and how we're, how we're set up as a team, that we can lose and teams can beat us. And I think there's a lot of lessons that were learned that way so that they didn't have to be learned in playoffs such as now or, you know, if we do make it to Boston and that kind of stuff, right. where we learn Boston instead of instead of learning in the season, so um, I, I think they took a lot from that, you know, away, and they uh, they retained a lot of it and understood there's a certain way that we have to play to be successful for our team, and 
how we were doing that when we got back for Christmas was was not successful and was not how this team, you know, is built to play. And, uh, you know, we're back on track now, so that's good. Yeah, I think we talked about that uh, when we chatted in the preseason, how how important a hot start to the season would be, how important winning games like that would be. And then, yeah, if you guys go off and win 22 in a row, then that sets you up for success throughout the rest of the season, regardless of injury or anything like that. So let's look at first round of the playoffs here. It looks like you guys – well, it looks like both teams are playing Hampton Roads, correct? Correct. Yep. yep. So Elite goes 4-4, four and four, split, the season, split the series in the regular season. Talk about the Elite's matchup with Hampton Roads. I mean, obviously – Two big rivals, two of the best teams in the entire league, not only the Southeast Division, but, yeah, kind of preview that series for us. Um, you know, Hampton-Richmond is a, is a great deal of respect between the two programs, uh, between the owners and the coaches and everybody's friends. But, you know, when we get together, it's there's fireworks. You know, it's, uh, like you said, two programs that are top programs in the country, um, in the same division, that have a ton of respect. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it's about winning. And it's about, you know, both cultures have histories of winning cultures. And when we, you know, we have our games, it's always going to be good games. And, um, you know, there's always going to be that compete level, that high energy level. Um, The games are always going to be intense and go back and forth. And usually it comes down to a couple things that are big factors. One, um, goaltending, you know, being solid and making the saves when you need them. And, you know, the compete and effort level. Whoever outcompetes the other one and is willing to outskate and outwork the other team usually comes out most of the time with a successful, successful win or, or or winning a series or whatever you want to say. It usually comes down to that. So, um, and then the last thing is just staying disciplined, making sure that you're not putting yourself, you know, uh, in the penalty box and giving the other team opportune opportunistic power plays. For sure, I think that goes for both teams. Um, you know, both elite teams are the highest penalty penalized teams in the league um you know there, there's no question of the you know, yeah. skill set but also the physicality that that is played by both teams so that's always going to be a factor um and you know i think that that's uh that's good those are going to be a lot of big keys to having success and who wins the series for sure i mean no bigger kind of start to your playoffs i mean you're playing your arch rival in round one for both the elite and premier team you get that win you can kind of start you feel like you can almost get juiced up and cruise from there so let's switch it over premier third in the southeast uh, again, Hampton Roads, but you know this premier team, two and six, versus uh, the Whalers in this regular season. So talk about what it's going to take and the keys uh, for the premier team to have a heck of a run here. Well, I think the uh, the biggest thing is you know the last four times we played Hampton, we've we, we haven't been at full strength. That's not an excuse. It's just right. You know we've had you know four guys this mm-hmm. past week, and we had six guys out that we were resting or or were hurt that could not play. Um, so we had a lot of guys filling in. We had a lot of guys playing positions that they're not normally playing. So, you know, once we get back like we are healthy, I think it's a completely different series. Um, you know, they've had the better run of it when it comes to wins and losses. However, you know, now that the playoffs are here and everybody's healthy and everybody's firing, it's it's a new season. Um, you know, and, and that's what everybody understands and knows is, all the regular season stuff is great. That's that's great to, to have those accolades, but that means nothing um, coming into playoffs and how you're going to have to win in playoffs. And right. I think with the, with the premier team for us, um, it just we got to come out. We got to come out hard and fast. And the last couple times we've played them, we've come out behind the eight ball mm-hmm. um, on the start. So I think the start's going to be key, um, making sure you know that our start is key. I think the other thing that was really influential is. Our penalty kill at the premier level has been spectacular all year. Right. And our power play has been so hot and cold. 
So either it's, it's on fire or it's non-existent. And That's kind of do or die when it comes to playoffs, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the, the last couple of games, special teams has had a huge factor in terms of, um, you know, not capitalizing on power play opportunities right. or giving up shorthanded goals, actually, on our power play. A lot of that comes to the personnel with injuries, like we said, with some key guys on our power play. But at the same time, that's going to be a pivotal point in the series is, again, taking advantage of opportunities when you're on the power play and being able to cash in on some of those which as of late we haven't been able to do. For sure. So last thing I'll have you leave us here with, I want to ask you about two guys, just kind of talk about the season, the impact they've had on your team. Let's go with Matt Wood from that Premier team, 44 games played, 66 points, and we'll go with Cooper Neal uh, from the elite squad there with a point-per-game player. So talk about the impact both of those guys had, and then uh, uh, we'll let you go and get ready for playoffs this weekend. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's start with Cooper. Uh, Cooper's a kid that you know I recruited heavily over the summer that I saw at the, the national tournament at the UAT Nationals and, uh, you know, just loved his speed, his compete level, you know, the plays that he was able to make. Um, and then I had a chance to meet him uh, after his games and talk with him and talk with his mom and dad and realized he's the exact type of culture kid that we that we look for in our program from a work ethic compete standpoint, but also from, you know, I think being a complete player, a guy that can finish hits, a guy that's going to go out and compete, has good speed, has good skill set. Um, you know, he wants to get better. He wants to win. He's a younger player. Um, you know, that's going to develop and is going to be on our premier team next year and be a big part of that, right. um, not only on the ice but off the ice from a culture leadership standpoint. Um, and, and I think that, you know, he's been a great asset both on and off the ice and off the ice so much more as far as a leader and, and a guy that people respect and they follow because of how hard he works and, and what he does in his day-to-day -day habits and, you know, how he approaches, you know, training and in the gym and, you know, and, and just everything that goes along with that. And, I, you know, it's, it's exciting to see him be rewarded for that by being named an all-star, finishing as the leading scorer on that team. Um, you know, and, and the interesting part of that is, you know, when you look at the standings in the elite league and, you know, we have a lot of guys that are up there, but we don't have any guys that are leading the team like right. Matt Doherty last year. Um, and, you know, the reason for that is our offense is so balanced. You know, if you took these other guys and you put them in situations where they were playing on other teams that where they're playing, you know, 25, 30 minutes a night opposed to playing 16, 18 minutes a night, um, you know, their point totals would probably be one and a half times or, or even double what they are here with us. And that just goes back to the, to the balance aspect and what's you know what i love about him is you know the funny thing is if you asked him how many points he had he would tell you he has no idea right not checking the like stats that, yeah like that's it's it, you know it's important no there's no question but at the same time it's inconsequential to him like he, he honestly probably other than if you told him wouldn't be able to tell you he just knows he's producing and doing his job right he goes out and he tries to he tries to produce, and if he's not producing points, he's your best PK guy. He's the guy getting pucks deep. He's the guy blocking shots. He's the guy turning over pucks. Like He does whatever he has to do to help the team be successful every night. And that's his approach and everything, and that's why he's had so much success this year. And It's, uh, it's great to see on that end. Love it. So, um, Matt Wood, uh, you know, I might be a little biased. He's my <laughs> player, but he's a kid that, um, you know, it, came highly recommended for some people that I've known for years and uh, came, uh, you know, was friends and played with another player we had in our program, Thomas Rocco, uh, who plays at St. Cloud NCAA D1, probably be a pro player. Um, 
you know, they're, they're both in the same model. Uh, they were kind of always passed over, even though they were the leading scorers on the teams that they played for every year. Whether that was politics, size, whatever you want to say. So they had that little chip on their shoulder. Right. Um, you know, Matt Wood has turned into an unbelievable season. Um, you know, and the second half of the season, I know it wasn't as strong as the first, but I think that was also because everybody and their mother tries to key on him and take him out every time he's on the ice because they know who he is now. Um, and, you know, one of the things I will say, in my opinion, is I feel Matt Wood is the best forward in Tier 3 hockey um, right now. And, you know, most college coaches would agree. You know, Matt's got offers from all the top D3 schools in the country already. Uh, I can't even count how many times my phone is ringing every day about Tier 2. Uh, he's more than likely going to end up playing for Carlton Place in the CCHL, one of the, the best Tier 2 programs who he's already skated nice. with and is offered. Um, you know, and I, and I believe that's where he's going to go and where he's pretty set to go. Uh, he's had numerous NA offers, BC, uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League, NCDC. Um, you know, and the, the nice thing about him is, again, his work ethic and compete level are off the charts. I mean, you talk about a kid who, who works every day. Last, you know, last guy off the ice, first guy on the ice, you know, in the gym, um, you know, staying after, working on things that he's not doing well. If he's not scoring from his spots, he's working on shooting. He, he just... He's constantly learning. He's constantly growing. He's matured so much off the ice uh, as a person, too. He was kind of a quiet kid. Uh, and his personality style, you know, he's a very inward, quiet kid, more like an introvert. And he's really kind of come out of that shell. And, uh, you know, he, you're seeing a lot of growth from him, both not only on the ice where everybody sees it, but more importantly, if you know him off the ice as a young man. And that's that's really going to help him have success next year. And I expect no matter where he ends up, uh, you know, he's going to be – one of the leading scorers, period, wherever he ends up. And, uh, you know, I think he has a chance to potentially be a D1 player, uh, depending on how hard he, you know, how he works this summer and how things play out next year. So um, there's no question it's been a it's been a nice addition to our team. Um, again, he's having a great season, um, and, and he's done everything that we could have asked of him uh, as a player. And, uh, you know, the nice thing that I like is it, he, you can never give him enough. You know, if we don't win – he takes it personally. You know, he, he didn't do enough, even though that may not, he could have a hat trick in the game, you know, but, but we didn't win. Right. And you know, he's a team guy. He's a team first guy, even though he's arguably one of the most skilled players in the league, he's a team first guy in every aspect. And, and that's, what's going to make him so successful. Uh, you know, at the next level is that, that mentality and that work ethic that he has. So again, another guy that's really, really bought into the development, the culture that we have here and, and really had success, you know, in that fact, because he's really learning and growing and understanding what it takes to, to really be successful. And it's great to see. For sure. Well, Coach Like, again, we appreciate you for coming on, talking some Richmond Generals hockey. Uh, best of luck in the playoffs here. Hopefully the elite squad can go for a little back-to-back -back run and Premier can make a run themselves. So, Coach, again, thank you and roll gins. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Roll Jets for sure, and hopefully uh, you get a chance to get down here. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll be down for sure next season. Uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch, and uh, like I said, keep hitting us up if you need some help, and uh, we'll keep in touch with you. But again, RC Like, Coach, again, thanks again, and uh, have a good playoffs.